Welcome to Realcast, the weekly roundup of the real asset markets. I'm joined as ever by Dan Innes, Nicole Dines and Paul Strome. Over the past seven days, there's been a lot of focus on interest rates with the news as well that the, uh, the, the picture is a little bleaker than we expected before from the ECB, whereas up until now, we're expecting the 50 basis point um, rise on the 16th of March, whilst everyone's at MIPIM to be the sort of final rise. It looks as though there's going to be significantly more potentially to come over the summer and create a little more uncertainty, particularly for the debt financing side. Paul, what have you been tracking? Well, uh, changing base rates have obviously changed the con- context for the real estate market, as your interview with Nuveen, head of uh, European property research, Stefan Wondrak, underlined, Richard. He emphasised that refinancing is getting more expensive, so it's more challenging to engineer returns to the levels that investors are expecting, um, particularly as what he described as the extra kicker from quite modest leverage has, has diminished or disappeared. And he said that the industry also has to wean itself off that and change its expectations, really. He also reiterated that the situation is interesting for alternative lenders such as Nuveen, though. Um, On the same subject, really, in the last week, investment manager Mark has detailed two debt deals with alternative lenders. The largest is a £258 million development loan from Maslow Capital for a 462-home prime residential-led scheme in Kensington, West London. The scheme is actually a 50-50 joint venture between Mark and and developer Seven Capital and comprises seven residential blocks, including a 29-storey tower, which will be the tallest building in the Royal Borough of Kensington and Chelsea when it's finished. The second loan was from Cheney Capital Real Estate, which provided Mark with £123 million senior loan to refinance the mixed-use Burry Yards project in in South London. So alternative sources of debt certainly seem to be available. Jumping to Germany in the science sector, according to joint research by Colliers and the European Science Park Group, a severe shortage of supply could emerge in Germany's life sciences and technology sector by 2025. White paper looks at the performance of the sector in Germany since 2018 and notes that uh, an average of 209,000 square metres have been leased each year for the past five years, total of over a million square metres. That that average masks the upward trend, though, and uh, the take-up figure in 2022 was 302,000 square metres, which is 70% up on on 2018. Sticking with German companies, there have been quite a few healthcare and hospitality real estate deals and stories going with the latter. Uh, German company ECE's work and live unit is to redevelop a listed 19th century office building in Rome, converting it into a 165-bed luxury hotel. It's interesting for a number of reasons because it's the, the division's first international hotel project, and ECE said it combines the main objective of their strategy in hotels uh, to expand internationally to convert more existing properties and to focus on hotels with both a leisure and uh, business angle. Uh, I was interested too because it highlights how much ECE has changed for anybody who uh, remembers the company is principally a developer and manager of large shopping centres. Uh, that may be the same, Richard. Yeah, you've seen that that change happening to a number of those those companies as well, I think, who were predominantly focused on retail before. Um, Nicole, what have you been tracking? JLL had some interesting research, global research on uh, the back to the office uh, trend, which we've talked about many times. And the Asians uh, are the most enthusiastic about going back to the office, followed by Europeans and Americans are definitely the most reluctant. Something like 40, 60% office occupancy in this in main uh, American cities at the moment, while in Europe it's sort of 70 to 90%. And in Asia, 
Asia, it's, it's actually gone as high as 110%, meaning that there are more people working in the office now than there were before the pandemic. Um, obviously, the reasons are Americans tend to have bigger homes and longer commutes, while Europeans and Asians tend to live in smaller places, have easier commutes because of good public transport network in the main cities. Um, and obviously, having small places to live make it less, uh, less of an incentive to work from home. But what happened in the States, uh, JLL was... Um, was saying that it's really bad for city centers, obviously, because as we know, uh, back to the office means, you know, restaurants, um, you know, shops and hospitality and everything in city centers. So it's been really uh, suffering in places like New York, especially, have really suffered. In Europe, as I was saying, offices are definitely uh, back uh, with a vengeance, as it were. Uh, Coima had a market update and said that the Italian market in general is just been a very sharp uh, slowdown and repricing with potential distress. And it's saying this could actually open up real opportunities for investors who got cash ready and who get the timing right. So transactions fell by 50% in the last quarter of 2022, and Coima expects them to fall by a further 40% in 2023. And at the moment, there's sort of hiatus in the market, there's much, very much a wait attitude invest there's sort of 2.2 billion euros of transactions on hold in Milan and 1.6 billion in Rome alone uh, but uh, there's a real polarization in the market and they say that sustainable um, you know ESG compliant quality offices are very much in demand and they expect rents to increase by as much as 10% this year especially in Milan so again polarization you know sustainable offices very much in demand we've seen that in Spain as well with yet another deal in Barcelona reinvest the Luxembourg based real estate company has acquired southern Europe's most sustainable office development 11,000 square meters over seven floors it's built in wood and it's a special technique that makes it fire resistant and also protects against humidity but also the location is interesting is the 22 at district which is a former industrial wasteland that Barcelona authorities have turned into an innovation hub and it's now got 500 different companies in all sectors you know scientific research tech and so on so very much a sort of positive regeneration story and again another another sector we've been following regularly is healthcare and BMP Baribar Rem have acquired their first healthcare properties in Flanders in Belgium five properties and near the biggest cities and they say they want to keep doing what they've been doing with their funds just to invest in different types of assets within the healthcare sector and uh, different geographical locations within in Western Europe uh, with stronger you know alliances strong partnerships with operators so they plan to continue because they say that's that they see healthcare as one of the most resilient sectors looking forward and finally the DARES group in the Nordics again sustainability story has acquired IQ Energy Nordic uh, to drive its digital transformation it will become the sole provider in the Nordics of uh, Eniscope which is a, a very interesting prop that enable energy data management system uh, and that this acquisition will strengthen the, the green focus that the company DARES group uh, has had since Rekilika became CEO very interesting interviewed Rekilika last year at MIPIM and look forward to doing the same again this year Ricky if you're if you're watching um dan what stories have caught your eye over the last uh, seven days uh it's been a busy week um last week was of course uh, international women's day on the 8th of march uh celebrating so social economic cultural political achievements of women but it's all, also a bit of an annual call to action to, to accelerate gender equality this year bloomberg launched a gender equality index which included 484 companies in 45 different countries and they looked at positions across all of those different companies 41 companies out of the 484 included in the new index 
indexed have a female CEO and 50 have a chairwoman. 50% uh, of entry-level positions are held by women, 38% in middle management and 30% in senior management, 24% at executive level and only 8% at CEO level. Uh, so, so many more, much more strides uh, to come uh, in the gender equality uh, discussion. Elsewhere, React News reporting that Newmark are close to tying up its takeover of Gerald Eve. Its members have backed that deal put forward by the US team at Newmark. Um, that acquisition would give Newmark a significant UK platform following that buyout of BH2 last year. And then, um, as reported um, on Realcast a couple of weeks ago, um, the, the Singaporean investor, City Developments, they've now completed on the acquisition of Blackstone St. Catherine's Docks, um, and that was for 395 million uh, reported in the FT uh, on Friday. City Development saying that turmoil in the UK had created some buying opportunities. Elsewhere, Landsec have gained planning permission from major office developments at Bankside in London. They're going to deliver some 230,000 square feet of offices, retail and other open public space uh, next to the Thames. Um, and that's adjacent to Borough Yards that Paul mentioned, uh, you know, by Mark Capital Management. It's going to extend Landsec's pipe line with a cluster of green office space, including other buildings like the Forge, uh, which is the UK's first net zero commercial building uh, designed in line with the UK GBC's framework. Uh, also Timber Square, Redline Court um, and Liberty of Southwark. And uh, lastly, a couple of retail stories. Uh, luxury electric vehicle manufacturer Lucid Motors, they've opened their first Scandinavian store in Oslo Promenaden district. And that's going to be 176 square meters of showroom. Um, and that marks the fourth retail space in Europe and Lucid's 33rd store um, in uh, around the world. Um, and the other buzzing story uh, in London on the retail scene is at Westfield, London, where the LVMH-owned beauty giant Sephora opened a 6,000-square-foot flagship store, absolutely rammed. Uh, they've got 2,600 stores around the world, but um, it does return. It does mark a UK return to bricks-and-mortar retail for Sephora. But they did have a 20-minute show by the Sugar Babes, uh, Richard. Um, I know you're a super fan, and maybe you might want to go back to their back catalogue. Great. Thanks very much, Dan. Um, in, in sort of news from our side, we also announced um, that Courtney Fingar was joining us. So that also helps us in terms of our diversity and, and balance. And Courtney will join us, obviously, at MIPIM. We'll be doing interviews as well as uh, as a number of events um, and we'll be reporting live. Um, so if you would like to be interviewed, um, please do join us there. Um, looking at the weather forecast, it's going to be very, very sunny. So that's positive news all round. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Paul. Um, look forward to seeing you next week in Cannes or for our regular roundup of the real asset markets. Thank you.